people. Welcome back to Sex, Psycho, Love, and Me, the podcast. It's season three, and I'm so happy to have you join us again this week. I'm your host, Edna Zoe. Um, A little bit about myself. I don't know if anybody knows this or if I've shared this before. I'm 42-year-old Latina, professional organizer, a lover, not a fighter, podcaster, writer, and I love to talk about sex, love, relationships. Um, this podcast is a safe space to do that and share um, what you want about your journey with love and the lessons you've learned along the way. I'm a huge fan of self-care. We're always learning to love ourselves a little more every day on this show. And I love hearing from the experts that help us navigate this thing called life. So I'm excited to bring you this season. Um, we have a new episode every Friday. Sex, Psycho, Love, and Me. Uh, the podcast is always looking for guests. So please follow us on Instagram at Sex, Psycho, Love, and Me and send us a DM and come be a guest. So let's do this. Um, it's one of my favorite things connecting with professionals who help you live a full life. I'm excited for this week's guest, and I'm just going to go and introduce her, and then she'll be sharing you a little bit about herself. So Christy, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? I am doing well. And thank you. Thank you for doing this and for, you know, spreading the love and joy around sex, love and intimacy. I just love shows like this. So thanks for having yes. me. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm so thankful that we got connected from one of our previous uh, guests. Thank you. Shout out to Heidi. So um, yeah, tell me, tell the audience, like just a little bit about yourself, what you do and like, just what got you here? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, by training and what I do for a living is I'm a psychotherapist and recently in the last five years, I became a sex educator and a relationship coach. And I, in 2011, co-founded and now solo operate hot pink university. And so one of the biggest things I love to do is work with women on reigniting them to their passion, their purpose and their play and definitely their pleasure. And so that's why I'm here and hopefully connecting women uh, and any listener really with their, their pleasure again. I love that. That's I'm here for it. Spill the beans. What you said that you started uh, how many years ago? Uh, really, I've been a psychotherapist most of my career and I'm okay. 51 now <laughs> living in the Midwest. And so it's been a long career. And back in 2011, I founded Hot Pink University. So I get to take like what I do in psychotherapy and kind of kick it up a notch. And so I do a lot of retreats and coaching with women and sex education and, and doing some intimacy and relationship coaching. So it's kind of fun. What kind of got you into it? Like, were you just before doing regular counseling and then decided to kind of, like you said, up, step it up a notch. What, what made you want to go into that field? I really think, uh, you know, I was, I love psychotherapy and I love working with like anxiety and people with mood disorders and all kinds of things. But really in my own personal life, I started a journey probably about 10 plus years ago of like, where does sexuality fit with me? Where does intimacy fit with me as a woman? And especially in my thirties, I was in menopause early. 
Oh, I was wow. 35 and no menopause. Yes, it happens. And I think for me, it was definitely, I had an ovarian um, injury in my first pregnancy. And then my second pregnancy, I breastfed for two years and then it never, my period never came back. So here I am in menopause and it's like getting to know your body all over again. Like nothing is in the same place. Pleasure is felt differently. And so it was really my own journey around my own aging process of like, do I really put sex on the shelf? You know, was Mm. that something for my youth or is it something that I really want to cultivate and curate? And probably, yeah. Is that a common thought for like, when you get your menopause that most people think that, that it's put it back on the shelf? Yes. I, I run into a lot of women who talk about issues regarding like libido and just difficulties with, you know, orgasm and, and all kinds of like intimacy issues at that point in their relationship. Maybe they've been married 16 plus years, which Mm -hmm. is pretty common as you're like entering menopause. So I think there's just a combination of a lot of things that women are dealing with. And we just think, well, maybe that was for our youth or maybe the best sex was back, you know, when I was young and, and, and fresh and everything. And so, yeah, I run into that a lot where women think that, that it's just, it was for another time in my life. And I know I did um, until I started on really a, a pretty intensive journey about five years ago of just saying that's enough. I want sex in my life. I want intimacy and I want connection through sex and pleasure and just really started exploring a lot of different avenues around that. So then in doing that, I became interested in how can I help other people guide them to sexuality as they age in their midlife. So can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like for you when you found out, okay, I'm 35, I'm going through menopause. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not really interested in sex anymore. Like, what did you have to, like, what was the conversation you were having with yourself at that time? Yeah, I remember driving home after the doctor's appointment, and just a lot of things were going through my mind, because, you know, immediately, they're talking about hormone replacement therapies and, and everything that goes along with that. But it also clicked and explained a lot of things uh, regarding lack of interest and libido. And granted, I was a new mom working on my master's program and I was stressed to the hilt. And we know as women, stress just in and of itself is a complete deal breaker for sex. You know, if we're stressed out, we're completely disconnected from our pleasure in many ways. So I think there was a lot of fears. There's also like definitely a grief process. Like that's it. I'm not going to have any more kids, which I didn't really want any more kids anyway, but there is that presence of that. And then there's also this like presence of, Oh, and I can't get, get pregnant. So it takes like the fear of getting pregnant off the table. And it should, in many ways, if your relationship is good, it should, you know, kind of take that off the table of things to consider. Um, yeah. So there should be, and they're kind of exciting moment. Yeah. And it feels so final too. Yeah. That's crazy. And what were you doing? Like during this process, did you have to like, was it all medical 
that you were focused on and then decided, okay, now, now that that's not a thing, like, did it, how, when did the topic of like, it's not happening in my marriage come up? I think it just gradually. And I, I, you know, for me and for a lot of the, of women that I work with and talk to, Um, But for me, it just was this gradual slowing down of things. Like all of a sudden you're kind of looking at the calendar and you're like, whew, it's been a a month, you know, and then eventually as the years progress, it's been a year. Um, And it just started becoming our new normal, that it just was Mm. something we just stopped talking about. It was something that we stopped planning for. I think it was definitely a place of major frustration and communication where there was a lot of blame or maybe finger pointing initially, but then there was just kind of this, you know, despondence, like complacent, like mm-hmm. that's just where we're at. And we had a good friendship. And so maybe that's enough, maybe a good friendship and raising our kids into adulthood, that's enough. And so I think it, happened really gradually. It definitely was not like boom, but it was this gradual process of, I didn't really know my body anymore. So it was very hard for me to guide my partner, my husband at the time to knowing my body. If I didn't even know my body at the time, everything had shifted and changed. It wasn't easy anymore. Nothing felt easeful anymore. As far as like with um, sex, yeah, sex, like having around. an orgasm, things that uh, used to work, turn-ons that used to work, you know, were not were not available anymore to me. It just felt like a gradual switch was happening. Of I don't know myself anymore, and I'm disconnected from knowing myself anymore and what my turn-ons are. And I very much at that time, and now I think very differently. Differently. I very much at that time was thinking that my partner, my spouse, my husband was responsible for my turn on Mm. and that if I wasn't turned on, that he must be doing something wrong, that his technique was off or his approach was off or the environment was off. And what I didn't understand at the time was the different break and acceleration. They talk about this in the book, Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. The Uh break and acceleration was different. My brake system was uber high and my acceleration was difficult to obtain or find. And so I didn't know what my turn-ons were anymore. And so unless I, you know, had some kind of like teacher mentor journey that I was on, I just was thinking it's, it's my partner's problem. You know, if he would do X, Y, and Z, maybe then, maybe then sex would come back into our relationship. Interesting. And do you, did you feel like he was becoming like less attractive to you because of it? Or do you think it affected the marriage a lot more at that point? Yeah, I think it had a big impact on the marriage at that point. Um, You know, sex is a way for us to feel connected and bonded. It releases the you know, feel good chemicals of bonding. And without that, um, you know, you're losing this big connection of intimacy and you become roommates. You Mm -hmm. just become 
passing and then I, and, and very good roommates, you know, very cordial, yeah, <laughs> nice, kind roommates um, that truly, you know, love each other roommates, but it's, you know, my life needs more than that. And yeah, I think you have to kind of be on the journey together too, that, that it, it's important to both of you. I can't, I, I don't think it can just be one person or the other saying this is important and let's bring it back. You know, it has to be both getting on the same page again and making it a priority. And so I would assume that you guys at that point, it did, is that the reason why, or a main reason why your marriage didn't work out and why so many people kind of go through the same, like they end up becoming roommates and there's just nothing. Do you think it's also a physical thing or just, I mean, I know it can be a lot of things when it comes down to like making that final decision of not being together anymore. But yeah. And I think, you know, I would only in, in true like ownership of my partner and our adult children, I can only speak to my truth of what mm -hmm. the, my part of the story is. And, um, it was many things like there were met by that point at 16 plus years into a relationship, many, many things. But for me, a big piece of it was the feeling of disconnect and the feeling of loneliness around that disconnection. And that when I started making that a priority for me and for my aging process, either through like my solo sex practice or, you know, going and talking to a therapist myself, when I started making that a priority for me, um, you know, a partner either grows with you and goes along with you for the journey, or you just gradually grow apart. And I think that for my part of the story, for me, that was a big part of it. Um, yeah. That I would be like willing to publicly speak to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And do you think of yourself as someone that was always like a sexual person or was very sex positive about that um, at a young age, which that obviously that word was not a thing, but it's still, you know, we, I feel like there's a lot of people that enjoyed sex and we all had a great time with it. Do you feel like that was something that, was hard for you to like say, Oh, I want to start looking into this. Maybe, you know, I want to feel sexy and, and have that sexual, was that easy for you to do? Yeah. So I think there's a couple things in there of what you just said. One was, did I, did I get, you know, was I growing up as a sex positive person? Yeah. I think sex was always talked about in our home. Um, not by my father, very yeah. quiet and embarrassed about talking about sexual things, but my mom was always really open and she was always really a good source of, of places to go to, to not just talk about the cautionary tale of sex that parents talk about, like, don't get pregnant, don't get an STD, use mm -hmm. protection. It was also, here's what will bring you pleasure make sure you touch yourself, make sure you know your body. So there were those messages for sure. So I think that's one thing mm. that I was very fortunate and raised yeah. in, even though I was a Polish Catholic family living oh, in a wow. small town Midwest, <laughs> I was raised by a mom who was very open about talking about things. So that's I think rare. That was I didn't have this. any of that. Yeah. I didn't have any of that. That's interesting. Yeah. I love it so, though. Go, so I know I'm fortunate about that. And then I think there's a second piece of there of when did I realize it was important for me? I don't think I did. You know, I actually Ooh. had a friend that was doing 
a lot of work around her sexuality as she was aging in her mid forties into her fifties. And I actually was looking at her, like she had two heads. Sometimes she would come and talk (laughs) about some experiences that she had. And I was just like, girl, what are you doing? Are you joining like a cult or something? Like what is happening here? (laughs) And so I don't think I realized it was important until I realized it was important. And really Mm. it was bringing in a speaker, Pamela Manson to um, an event that we had in Madison, Wisconsin and bringing her in to be a speaker for us at an event. And she did a demo of pleasure and arousal states for women. I had never seen another woman in her pleasure or arousal state before it was eye opening. And I was just floored with, okay, that's, she's older than I am, you know, by little, and that's possible for her. And and it was that like when Harry met Sally moment of, I want some of that. Yeah. 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 I want a piece of whatever she's thinking out of been like, hello, sign me up. (laughs) Yes. And so I think that was really one of the major turning points of understanding, oh my gosh, how much I have turned off and numbed myself through, you know, um, being okay with like binging TV, uh, the second, third glass of wine in the evening, like numbing ourselves off from our bodies Mm. through all kinds of ways and making that decision of, I want I want to feel all the feelings. I want to feel all the feelings in my body and I don't want to live in a numbed state anymore. Wow. I love that. It's, and we all do it. It's, I feel like I do it in phases for sure. So then what was it like your first time actually diving in? Like, who did you talk to about it? Yeah, I think the diving in was making the decision to restart my solo sex practice again. And so not just having like masturbation be like a little part of my life, but really making it be a big part of my life. And so, um, it started with getting the right toys. (laughs) You Uh know, I, I had gone to like a pure romance party a long time prior to that. And, you know, the things that they were like selling at the time or whatever, And what they were leading you to purchase was just totally not a fit for me. Um, But you don't know what you don't know. You know, you just want to like have fun and they're fun, you know, to go and hang out. But the things and products that you're buying is from a place of like, I don't know any better. So this is what I'm going to get. And so I think it was diving into, well, what are some of the toys that are more pleasurable and will lead to a better experience. So I think I kind of started there and then moving into, you know, just taking more time and taking, taking more, um, purposeful intention with my body and almost like romancing myself again and making that be a priority for me that if I wasn't going to be working on that or getting that in my marriage, maybe I could cultivate that for myself. So what was it? What were the, the, you know, the toys that they got you started? Do you remember? Yeah, I think, okay. So let's do that. Like a starter kit for anybody listening would be yes. definitely the magic wand, which I know that is a bit of an investment for people. Um, 
but I think it's worthwhile and they last forever and they're chargeable and they plug in and they have four speeds. And, um, that was really word, a, last forever. <laughs> they last forever. They do. Um, I love it. Yeah. And so it's a great starter to start working with vibration. It's not in, an insertable. And so it's something that can really work on the outside and really kind of getting to know like your clitoris and the clitoral legs and the whole anatomy of where pleasure lies for you as a woman. And oh, so man. that's a great beginner. Yes. For in for insertable things, um, the enjoy, which is kind of a wieldy, like metal, um, a little bit has a, a little bit of heaviness to it. It has two balls, one larger on one end, one smaller on the other, and it curves and it has an arch to it. So there's there's, you know, it's it's ergonomically like good for your wrists and like joints. And oh, sweet. And <laughs> And so it's, it's a good, um, insertable because as we age as women, we, you know, we can have thinning of the vaginal walls. We can have atrophy. And if you're not having sex with a partner, if you're not having partnership play and you're not having anything inserted, you know, having something that you're inserting in, in yourself to continue, you know, keeping everything working well, use it or lose it you know, yeah. um, it's a great insertable, but the other, before either of those toys, it's lube too. You know, um, as we age, we lose the amount of lubrication that's possible. Our glands don't, um, lubricate as much. And so, um, finding a good water-based lube or something like that by going to an knowledgeable, you know, store or website, is super helpful. And so I think those are the three starting points is the enjoy the wand and just a really good loop. Yeah. I just wrote them all down. That's amazing. And you guys take note. Um, and I, I remember going to those parties and being totally like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And there's so many, you get really overwhelmed if you go into the stores and you don't know what you're looking for. I've done that many times where I'm like, Whoa, yeah. And so many of the stores know, are really where do you catered. start? Yep. And so many of the stores are catered towards, um, you know, maybe like the, I feel like they're catered a lot towards the male population and they're not mm -hmm. catered towards a female feeling comfortable going in them. And so going to a store, you know, um, I, I'm lucky. I happen to have one locally that's women owned, women run, and it's very comfortable and knowledgeable and education. Oh, cool. Um, and so, yeah, I think it can be kind of intimidating to, to purchase things by going in and talking to somebody. So doing some research and finding where are some really good stores that have good quality sex educators in them and not, not feel like, you know, you're walking in and kind of being, um, leered at or looked at or yeah. like, watched as you're like shopping and, and I think that's really important too, for women to find a comfort level and what feels good for them. Yeah. Or you buy them online. Like I do yeah. right now and then I'm like, uh, I'm just going to buy it online. Has good reviews. So we'll go with that. But I, yeah, I don't think that has ever been a conversation that me and my girlfriends have had, like, as far as, um, you know, we talk about sex toys all the time, but not that they're, it should kind of be like a, you know, the way it, 
it was introduced to us was like at one of these parties. So we were like, oh, it just sounds cool and sounds like fun. But then you're talking about there being like a beginner type thing. Um, Cause I honestly just always assumed everybody enjoyed it and did it cause I enjoy it. Um, and then there's a lot of, you know, as I'm talking to more people, some people have never even tried it, like pleasuring themselves or they just don't really do it. Have you noticed that there is like, what has been that conversation for people that, you know, you've been working with um, that makes, I want people to feel comfortable doing something, you know, pleasuring themselves. And up until like my thirties or forties, I didn't really know it was so hard to talk about, (laughs) you know, just people don't talk about it. Yeah. I think one is um, let's start talking about it. And that's why a podcast like this is great. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, two is if you've never had the experience of touching yourself and which I think is very, very common, even Mm. upwards into women, sometimes that I work with in their forties and fifties and beyond, um, it's not uncommon. So don't think that this is not, you know, that you're abnormal or there's something wrong with you in that way. I think begin just with, um, you know, slowly touching your body as you lotion, instead of having lotioning in the morning, be so utilitarian of I'm just getting moisture on my skin. Can you feel the sensation and slow things down for yourself? And maybe that's Mm -hmm. a safe place to start before you even move. The other day I was working with a woman and I, I said the word vulva, like, look at your vulva in the mirror. She didn't even know what I meant. And I don't oh, think that's wow. unusual to like, yeah. we don't talk about our anatomy. We're told as women, you have a vagina, right? Yeah. And the whole outer portion is considered for many, you know, that's my vagina. And, and so it's getting to know your anatomy, buying a good book, or, I mean, the internet is just full of like so many good supports and resources around yeah. the anatomy. So taking a look at what is the anatomy, seeing exactly how, how large the clitoris really is. It's not just that pinpoint that's underneath the hood of our, our vulva, that it's, it's the legs go all the way around, um, our outer labia area and that there's lots of pleasure that can be felt there. But so often our partners or our our lovers have just focused on one area Mm. for us. So expanding your knowledge around your own anatomy so that you can talk intelligently about it erotic intelligence you know to your partner around here's what my body is here's what I know about it here's what brings me pleasure and so I think it's moving from lotioning then to maybe taking out a hand mirror so a lot of women Mm -hmm. are just at that place where they take out a hand mirror and they lay back and lock the bathroom door and take a look at what is, what it, what do I look like even? Yeah. What, what is down there for me, you know? Um, and then, so can I, to, yeah. can I just ask you, um, because I know like just to some people it's, very shameful and they have a lot of shame how do you get past that shame 
Like even when you were talking about the lotion, I'm over here like, that's really sexy. I'm already like, that's, I like where you're going with this. But then I also can think of shame. Like, how do you get past that to want to experiment? Cause I think that's a cute, you know, with people being so private and it's not that they're uptight, but they don't talk about it. Cause it's such a shameful thing. Like even just, you know, to start off, how would you approach that? Yeah. And I think there's three things that hold a woman back when, when they start thinking about touching themselves or looking at themselves, it's Mm -hmm. shame for sure, which comes from experiences and often how we were raised. Right. And, and what we were told about our bodies or what we experienced about our bodies. So I think that's one area. And so unpacking, where does the shame come from? Is there a memory that you have? Is there an experience that you have that caused you to feel shame about your own body? So I think that's one, you know, uh, thing that we have to consider as we start thinking about our own relationship with our body. One place that it can sometimes go with women around that too, is how, if, if they're moms, how do they want their daughters to feel about their bodies? And that's pretty powerful for moms that are vulva owners because they are not wanting their daughter to have that same experience. And so in order to do that, that can sometimes be a motivating force for moms out there to say, I want to have a better experience with my body so I can teach my daughter how to have a better experience with hers. So that's, that's one Avenue. Another Mm -hmm. thing I think that holds, um, women back from touching and looking at their bodies and having a relationship with their bodies is fear, you know, and, and fear, the antidote for fear is knowledge. Mm -hmm. The more, you know, the more you teach yourself, the less fear that you're going to be having about your body. And the third thing is societal beliefs. So if you were raised, you know, in a, in a, a family or a culture, or you were raised in a certain environment that really keeps limitations around what you should know about your body or puts women's sexuality in a box or really cultivates cautionary tales around sexuality and not pleasure or sex positive. Mm -hmm. I think that's another area to look at. So those three things, shame, fear, societal beliefs are the things that hold us back. And I like to ask women, like, if you did have a better relationship with your body, what would change in your life? Mm, That's a good question. Because I know what's changed for me. I'm more confident in all kinds of areas. It's not just about, you know, being confident in sexuality or being confident in being sex positive it's being confident in a lot of different areas of my life. I've definitely found my voice in life and I definitely live um, very adventure filled and like alive. There's a certain aliveness. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you can tap into what are the benefits of knowing my body better and what will it mean for partnership play? Yeah. Intimacy and connection I think those can be real motivating things to overcome the fear, the shame and societal beliefs that kind of hold us back. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks for saying that. Cause I think that, um, I fall into all three categories. So 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, definitely feel like it is a hard topic to talk about. And so you were saying once you went ahead and looked at your lady part, what would you do next? What would be the next step to kind of, is that where you're, because I know for, for me, the first time I ever did it, I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. This is what it looks like. Well, I was kind of mind blown and then have learned over the years to appreciate it more. But at first I was like, this is so uncomfortable. Like, I don't, oh my God, like, what do I do now? Now, what do I do? How is this sexy? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what do yeah, you do? And I, I would say the next is uh, moving to some lubrication on mm-hmm. your hands and just feeling, touching, massaging, pulling, tugging, just work around with different sensation. And you can spend a lot of time with that, you know, where uh, you just breathe and maybe put some music on, you can light candles, but just spend some time just touching, you know, inserting a finger, inserting two fingers, like just spend some time touching and exploring. And that's all it has to be. You don't have to have an outcome orientation around And I'm going to have an orgasm now. You can just have an exploration around what the different feelings feel like, what the different sensations feel like. Love it. That's great. You're going to love it too. So everybody try it (laughs) if you haven't already. So since you've been working with uh, people and uh, specifically women about pleasuring themselves more. Is there something that you learned, not just about yourself, but about women when it comes to pleasure? Yeah, I think that we really, as women, uh, have a concept around limiting ourselves around pleasure. And so how it plays out or how it's played out for me is I used to think after an orgasm, like, don't touch me there. Like, Now it's uber sensitive and I can't possibly like receive any more touch there because, (laughs) you know, she's done. Yeah. I think what that did for me and what it does for other women that I work with is it limits pleasure potentials. And so Mm. on the other side of like that discomfort. So if you continue the touch, if you continue the, the stimulation, um, of your vulva and of your clitoris, if you continued and you got through to the other side, not enduring like painful touch, but the other side of the sensitivity around Mm -hmm. the discomfort, there's so much more. And so, um, I think that was one thing that was really, you know, super valuable and surprising for me is that the pleasure potentials are pretty limitless. You know, there can be a lot of like other pleasure on the side of just that one orgasm. Right. Um, and I think that the other pieces, you know, on average, what do they say? Like sex itself takes something like on average seven minutes. Yeah. Uh, And the problem is that for women, like arousal builds after like 20 minutes. So who's Mm -hmm. having fun there? (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I think the other piece was, um, that the end goal wasn't always the orgasm that the end goal can be arousal, touch, play and partnership fun. And I think that was the other, um, big piece that I discovered that it could be fun and playful 
didn't have to be serious or performative or like an end goal in mind that it could just be, you know, beautiful time that you can spend in partnership with somebody, um, or with yourself that it doesn't have to be get off quick in five, seven minutes that it can be, you know, a long drown out, play some music, really, um, spend some time in different sensation play. So I think that was the other pieces, um, thinking beyond the penetrative sex is intercourse to sex can be a lot of things mm-hmm. and that it's, it's can be a lot of different flavors and touch and, and it can take time and that arousal can be just as fun as any other part of, you know, um, of sex and touch. So have you ever run across women who can't orgasm or say they've never had an orgasm? And is that, is that a physical thing or is it a blockage that, you know, can be for lack of a better word cured? <laughs> like, how does that? Yeah, I think up? it can be a lot of things. And I really encourage um, women to go in and talk with somebody professionally, because I think it can be a lot of different things from physical things to psychological things. Mm-hmm. And, um, when it's psychological things, a lot of it with the women I work with is, uh, it's connected to, um, that whole piece around turn on and waiting for a partner to kind of be responsible or that break accelerator system kind of being off, um, and all the way to trauma, you know, a trauma experience that's just unhealed, um, to chronic stress. I think, that when women are under chronic stress, it really impacts a part of our brain called the amygdala, Mm -hmm. which is our fight, flight, or freeze zone. And if it's constantly activated with stress, we are never going to feel pleasure. And so for a lot of the women that I work with, um, it can just be that, that stress level needs to come down before we can do any work at all around pleasure or play. I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's hard to get in that space sometimes when there's so much going on. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so how often do you think, so just to kind of like gauge what other, like what would be a normal for women to just want to get into it? Like, are you doing Cause I don't want to say that I'm not like everybody else. Like there's been many times where yes, masturbating has happened all day long. Cause that's just the kind of day it was, but like, do you, in order to get comfortable and experiment with your own body, are you kind of like, let's do homework. Let's your homework is to do this much and to get to know your body. It's what you feel comfortable with, but what happens to our body when it's all fun for a little while, but then it isn't, is that our all hormonal or like it could also like you mentioned be stress like yeah I think it can be stress it can be life you know yeah there's times where you know even me like in the sex positive mind frame I'll all of a sudden think to myself oh my gosh it's been like over a month since I've like you know touched myself and what's going on and 
And so I think um, it can be a lot of things for us. Yeah. We have busy lives, you know, we're busy, busy people. And I, I like to use the word full. Like I have a really full life. I don't feel like I'm I love a busy it. Yes. person. I'm very full. I have the things that I've I been like doing to do, that I love. Too I love it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I think a lot of things can, um, you know, can get in the way or, or be barriers uh, I think it's when we prioritize ourself and our self-care and when we can start seeing sexuality as a big piece of that self-care, mm-hmm. um, that pleasure is for us, uh, that pleasure can be a really healing, um, important self-care modality that it's not just, you know, self-care and then maybe I'll feel pleasure. It's more of like pleasure actually can lead you down the path of self-care. I think it's changing you know, the paradigm around where we see pleasure, like growing up, were you taught that if you did X, Y, Z on your to-do list, then you can be rewarded with something really special at the end of it. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So pleasure comes from as a reward. And so that's where we often put pleasure at the bottom of our to-do list. Like when, when I've checked off all 10 items, then I get to reward myself. And so some of it is just training women. What if you put pleasure at the top of your to-do list and whoever Mm -hmm. told you that dessert was for the end of the meal? Like, what if you just broke the rule that you have for yourself (laughs) around pleasure and just made up your own rule because it is your life. You get to decide the rules as an adult. (laughs) do whatever you want. I feel you. You make me feel very healthy. I'm glad. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I agree. So is there ever, um, that conversation with women when it comes to this, where they're, you know, where they do become addicted? Cause I know that there's two sides to this because I want to cover both sides. Is that a, a conversation that happens where people are, have, are doing it too much and, and it's, you know, just not healthy. Yeah, I definitely am not an addiction expert. So I wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to speak incredibly intelligently on like sexual addictions and where the addictions come from. Um, I don't, you know, anything that interferes with your normal operational functioning of life, work, relationships can potentially be seen as not good for you. Right. Right. And so if, if you're using, you know, um, touching yourself and, and really what you should be doing is like connecting with your partner, mm-hmm. then take a look at that. Is it interfere? Is it actually interfering with your level of connection and intimacy are you using it as a self-soothing skill or tool to the point where it's replaced all other self-soothing tools that you might have in your tool chest? Um, so I think that's where it can reach a level of concern. But honestly, most of the women across the board that I've ever worked with in life, it never reaches that level of like addictive qualities or interfering with their life. It only is used as like an enhancement for yeah. this partnership or enhancement for, you know, their own self-care. Is it because at that point it's considered more of a, a sexual addiction, like where they're more addicted to sex versus pleasure? 
Right. Where it's objectified in such a way that it's not about, you know, connection. It's not about reconnecting you even intimately with your own body. Awesome. So where do you go from here? Like, is it just like best practices to just kind of just check in with yourself often, uh, making sure that you feel like, does it make sex better? with your partner once you're just more like sexually into your own self? I think it definitely makes sex with a partnership better. You just know yourself, your body better. Um, You just can find your voice around what feels good. Uh, It definitely enhances your partnership when you can you know, tell your partner the other night when I was self pleasuring, I discovered this new thing about myself and your partner can then know you in a deeper way because you're able to share something that would feel really good in play. And I often talk to people about while you're in play with your partner is probably not the right time to have like that talk, but prior to, you know, before you're like tonight we're going to have sexy time. And here's something I discovered because you're in such a vulnerable place in partnership. All of a sudden you're, you're usually naked at that point. And, and it's not a great time to like have this conversation of like, here are the things I want you to correct about, (laughs) you know, your partnership play with me. Um, it probably is a better time when you're less vulnerable and before you're moving into, you know, actual vulnerable partnership play that you want to have those conversations about how, you know, your body better. And definitely that old, you know, the, the whole thing around the aging process, there are so many, I just, I just did a podcast of my own around that, around the aging process and Mm -hmm. the curative factors of sex. And so there are so many things regarding lowering our blood pressure to protecting our hearts and our bones, um, to, you know, just the elasticity you create in, um, in your vaginal walls to the hormones that are released, whether you're in partnership play or solo play, there's just so many benefits. Um, I love it. Yeah. So I have to check that out. Note to self on the blood pressure. I like to know. Oh, that's good to know. (laughs) Yeah. So is there anything um, that you've been doing recently that has kind of also helped you stay on track with your self-care and everything that you, with everything that you do? Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm a very intentional person. So I have a really big reflective practice. I journal Mm -hmm. every morning Um, and that definitely keeps me checking in with myself. And so even if you can't journal every, every morning, if you could journal, you know, a couple days a week, having that internal self-reflective practice, um, I think is super important. And I also set intentions in my partnership. And so one of our priorities in our, in our like vision statement with each other is that, um, connection every day is important and whatever that connection looks like, whether that's an intimate conversation or touch that in order to keep it a priority for us, it is part of our intentional statement. It's part of our vision. It's part of something that we check on with each other. Are we feeling 
connected? Are we, are we having the right conversations, you know, around our intimacy and our connection and what would make you feel more connected? So I think, um, that's been really valuable is, is having a partner now in my life who really wants, um, similar things to be a priority for us. And I think that's really important to, to grow together in that way. The vision statement. That's so cool that you guys do that. That's awesome. Yeah. A great resource for that is, um, in Harville Hendricks and Helen McKelly's hunt work around, um, getting the love you want. Mm. It's a great book and it has that exercise in there. So as well as other great exercises. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the tip. That's awesome. So is there anything that you wish women knew um, about themselves or just knew in general that, you know, you just wish everyone had that, that tip yeah. or that tidbit? Yeah. I wish women knew how important pleasure was and that if it's taken yes. a back seat in your life, you know, bring it forward, take a look at it. Um, I also wish women knew, like, you don't have to do this alone. One, listen to good podcasts, like what you have for us, you know, so that you feel connected and you're not alone out there. Um, hire somebody to work with, to help you. I, this year I'm, I'm crazy in my mind. I'm thinking (laughs) this, but I signed up to do a half marathon. I've never, I've never run even like, I think the most is a 5k. And that was like many years ago but I'm not doing it alone. I hired a coach to help me and she's already like supported, um, you know, lengthening my, my endurance for how far I can actually run. So think of it that way too. A lot of times I think we, as women, we move through life and we think we have to be this like super woman and we're out there doing it all on their, on our own. And we're comparing ourselves to other women in their life and looking at like their lives and, um, they look so perfect, you know, but we only get that slice of their life. That's not really the first piece of the pie that they're setting out, but like the second one, you know, the first piece piece of pie is always that like butchered up piece. That's like falling apart because you can't quite get it out of the pie tin, but we're seeing the second slice of pie, which is like the perfect crust, the perfect glistening fruit inside and everything. And we're all in the same soup together. We all have messes and things going on. And so not to feel isolated, to get the support that you need and to have these real talk with women, like what you talked about with your friends. Do you ever talk about what toys you're using? You know, we don't have these real talks that we do with other women in our lives. And no, and I, we need that. I, I totally agree. Like we need to have those kinds of friends that we can talk to about anything. And, and even if it's a group that you join, I am on a couple of Facebook groups and these girls talk about everything. And I love it. Cause you know, a lot of my close girlfriends don't live close by, so I can't, you know, or they're married and have kids and have a life. And mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, we're trying not to watch, talk rated r on speaker so it's like <laughs> you know stuff like that we're just like yeah uh. so yeah it's um i agree I, I think that's super important um and then however you find that tribe just 
like, I just love talking about sex and I've always loved talking about, um, you know, the hookups that I had or whatever, just because some of them were really funny, but we don't ever really talk about like the serious stuff behind like our bodies and protecting ourselves and taking care of ourselves Mm -hmm. physically and pleasure being just as important. Um, I just been so single for so damn long that it's a priority (laughs) for me. That's probably why I'm I'm so healthy in that area. (laughs) But um, yeah, I just feel Mm -hmm. like it, it, you know, when it does come up with my, my friends that don't talk about it, I, I just am kind of shocked. And and I think that, you know, I am grateful that I, that I do get to have these conversations more. So now that I ever have before, but um, because they do make me appreciate our body and being a woman and love being who I am and love being women are just unbelievable every day. I just like, I'm constantly just shocked with like, what else we can do. <laughs> Absolutely. We are yeah. super amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We're sure. definitely badasses. Well, do you have a few minutes to play my quickie game? Um, it's something yeah. that I just do at the end of every episode and I'll probably still keep doing it. Who knows? I don't know. It's a new season. We got, we got time to open up about new stuff, but it's fun and you answer however you'd like. Um, it's kind of like a, this or that. Okay. Like, which do you prefer? Um, and then, yes, I'll, I'll let you have your time back. I don't want to keep you up all night because I, I love to talk about this. So cool. Yeah. Um, and if people want to find me at www.hotpinkyou.com, all my stuff is there. So feel Yes. Free. You have a lot of really cool things. Um, the book, um, I definitely am going to start reading it. I, I wonder, it's on my Amazon list. And then also you have a, a group that you're starting to, or have you, are you doing that again this year? Your group, your yeah, the women's group? talking circles. So it was taken really from Pam Costa's work, who has a great Ted talk out there called reclaiming um, women's sexuality. And what she found in her research was that women who talk about sex have more sex. And when they do have sex, it's more satisfying. Yes. So when you talk about the women's groups that you're in, I'm like, yes, that's it. We have such rich talks every month. And I feel like it's a super affordable talking circle to join. And I encourage every woman to join. And, and we would find us. that on your website, right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Plug it one more time. It's women's talking circles. And you can find me at www hotpinkyou.com. I love it. It's so cool. And I love the whole hot pink. Your website's fun. I, I was on it for hours. Good. Uh, Thanks. Not that long ago. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Oh my God. I love this. Great. Cool. I'm going to join this talking circle. Cool. So I will be on there. Trust me. I'll come cool. find y'all. I will send you a link. Awesome. All right. Well, let's play real quick and then I'll okay. let you move on with your beautiful life. Um, so this or that, do you prefer Netflix and chill or tickets to a concert event? Netflix and chill. Are you romantic or not? Romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, girl. Me too. Total. <laughs> uh, laundry or naked? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go naked. Um, do you like to hold hands? Are you more touchy feely and arms around them? 
Mm, definitely touchy feely arms around. Uh, top or bottom? Ooh, definitely bottom. Do you like to watch porn or make a sex tape? Oh my gosh. <laughs> watch porn. <laughs> Do you prefer morning sex or right before bed sex? Ooh, definitely right before bed. I am not a morning sex person. <laughs> no, no. I feel like a like I could rule the world. Um, oh, when wow. we get in the morning, I, I just admire morning it. people. I just <laughs> admire them. <laughs> Are you a lover or a fighter? Ooh, lover. Size matters or size does not matter. Size does not matter. I was going to see if that made a, a difference with learning to pleasure yourself. If that was like a key factor. You just answered that. No, I don't think so. Uh, sex toy are going down on you. Mm, boy, that is hard. Depends upon what sex toy that is. I am <laughs> <laughs> um, going to choose go down on me. Okay. Fetish or fantasy? Fantasy. Uh, French kissing or just kissing? Mm, French kissing. All right, one more threesome or just you? I don't share. Just me. I don't share. I don't either, girl. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> like all the uh, attention on me. <laughs> I am 100% the same way. I love it. I'm like, nope, it's just me. Well, I have learned so much and I appreciate you sharing your journey and, and like all the beautiful things that it's brought into your life and into ours for just being able to share a lot of this, um, just being comfortable with being a woman um, mm. and pleasuring ourselves. Is there anything else that you just, you know, we didn't get to touch on that you want to make sure that we share this wealth of knowledge? with everyone. No, I just, I thank you for your time. And I thank you for putting this out into the world and being brave for other women to talk about sex. It's just, it's such an important topic. And, um, I do have a free challenge five day, do it yourself pleasure challenge. So if you're like out there and just wanting to kind of get started and reconnected with your pleasure, it's a great, uh, freebie to grab. I love it. Yes. So please check it out. Um, and I'm so, so grateful that you are here to join us. If anybody has wants to learn more, please check out her website and check my website out too. I'll make sure to link it into the description so that you guys, um, can have access to it. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for your time, Christy. I really appreciate mm. you coming on and sharing your, all this great stuff and enjoy your evening. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, and come back next week, guys, I guess. Um, this is Sex Like a Love and Me, the podcast. Thank you. Bye.